Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Constructing the Clubhouse, the world's number one comedy podcast, period. I am your host, Dr. Matthew John Murphy. Joining me, as always, my beautiful co-host, Johnny Boy Alice. Hello, everybody. And today's very special guest, Christina. Hello, how are you? Christina, you run the Metro Comedy Club in Prague? Uh, yes, I do indeed, with my uh, business partner, Katie Anderson. And you've got a wonderful show coming up tonight entitled... Bonded by our weirdness, uh, because uh, there is a couple of comedians in Barcelona who started their comedy journey in Prague, so we and share they the are stage. Tonight. Definitely weird. Um, aren't we all? Aren't Looking we at all? you, Phil Varney. Uh, it was a very weird video you filmed for it. Yes. It's good. Thank you. Uh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> How's your Barcelona been so far? You did a fantastic job, I thought, hosting, uh, sorry, uh, judging the, the roast battle the other day. Yeah, I love uh, roast battles and uh, uh, roasting in general, like like this like comedy teasing, and I enjoyed it very much. I was very happy I was invited to do so, yeah. Yeah, cool. Do you have much roasting? Is that roasting a big thing in Prague comedy? Uh, yes, uh, we have... Uh, we are lucky to have our own Phil Warney, quote-unquote, person <laughs> our host, in Prague. Host our host type. Our host type, our roast master, who's uh, uh, willing to put in the work and like set up directions. And uh, um, uh, when we set up uh, roast battles, they like have like individual group writing sessions like to m really make sure uh, they bring out the best. And uh, we usually... Um, get a bigger room for that and it's selling well so we are happy with that cool for sure how many seats is uh velvet comedy club uh, our metro comedy club sorry has metro oh my god <laughs> our metro comedy it's okay because uh, for many years dun, uh, dun, i run comedy shows under the brand velvet comedy at variety of venues it's like i don't know you would call it maybe like an agency or entity okay uh, under brand which i a brand yeah under which i organize comedy shows but the actual venue uh, the comedy club currently uh, we are sitting uh, 42 we can fit maybe a little bit more uh, but we decided to have small round tables and table service throughout the shows oh you're doing table service as well okay is that how have you found that is it, is it okay uh, yes uh, it does require a certain um, skill on the side of the waiters mm -hmm. and uh, we also designed the menu with that in mind like to have a simple menu, uh, menu so people can just like nod and like yeah hear, one like, more yeah that yeah kind yeah. Of thing. So uh, and we like try to serve when the MC is on stage so we don't disrupt the show. And so far, people enjoy that, so we are happy with that. That's cool. Yeah, we thought about doing like a you know Brazilian uh, all you can eat restaurants sometimes have little uh, things on the table. Where you flip it one way if you want more, and you flip it the other way if you're if you're ready to go. We thought about doing that early on. Yeah, I I, I think um, I think the easiest way is really to have uh, somebody who is willing to pay attention to what's happening in the room, like on like the wait stuff mm -hmm. needs to be up for it. If somebody is not up for it and just like sneaks in the corner and pretends nobody needs anything, you're not going to sell much. But if somebody actually keeps an eye on the drinks, it's working pretty well. Yeah. So you think you sell significantly more drinks with that with that version of things? Uh, for sure. Like most of the, even though our shows we not are not that long, uh, a lot of people take a second round uh, throughout the first half of the show. Mm-hmm. 
then we are not that crowded during the break at the bar. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, do, we do find it uh, beneficial and also like uh, me, I, I, I really like, um, even as a customer, I, I'm happy to, to have my uh, glass refilled. Like I'm a, mm-hmm. a fast drinker, unfortunately. So uh, <laughs> I'm okay. happy somebody. <laughs> we all are. We've been, we've been practicing. Yeah. How many people you have on staff then? Uh, well, we sh- the, 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 like the me and Katie, we share uh, the shifts. We try to make it in a way that there is at least one of us present. Uh, our roastmaster and friend Eric Beckett is like the third person who we trust enough to have there when neither of us have time. And then we have a couple of other trained people who are uh, who, who get bar shifts. And mm-hmm. um, uh, but so far we are open only from Wednesday to Saturday, and every other week we have um, a Czech speaking Monday open mic. Okay. Uh, but our English speaking shows are from Wednesday to Saturday as of now. I see. Okay, and you and do two shows a night usually. Um, uh, we do two shows a night usually on Friday. Other evenings we usually keep it uh, at one show because we open only in November. So uh, we expect in the future to have more shows, but as of now, so far only Friday has two shows. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what uh, our friend Johan did when he started his comedy club in Nantes, is that he, he sort of just put on as many shows as he thought could sell really, really well. Um, we did the opposite. Well, I, I, I've been here a week and every time I stopped by your place, uh, it was either full or at least there was a significant amount of people uh, uh, at Should the have show. come last night. No. I, I think I was here last <clears throat> night. Uh, I know the midweek crisis uh, uh, didn't have as many people, but it still felt good. There was like 20 people there in the small room you have. Always feels good at the comedy clubhouse. Um, yeah, I think Matt was probably talking about the, the show previous to Midweek Crisis. So, nope. Uh, track, I, track records. I will not there. talk about that show uh, uh, on air. I, I performed it last night at, at Watch the Space. Uh, and I got to say, I thought it was great. Good. It is a great show. Uh, I feel like I, had, I, don't, I got in trouble last week or the week before uh, because I went to a show and I didn't. I felt like it really underperformed what its potential is. And then I mentioned that on the podcast the next day, and then I got a severe tongue lashing for yeah. talking down. Well, I don't know. Uh... So apolo- let me apologize <laughs> to everybody a part of Watch This Space for This podcast is a third. A third of it is Matt apologizing. Another third of it is us shouting out to different people uh... that listen to the podcast. And then the third third is us uh, interviewing the guest we have on the I podcast. Don't know. Uh, I don't know if you put the show up for public in somebody's space. I guess you should be open to some comments. No, I would. I would say so. And it, it's. I don't think that I said anything that people don't already know. I mean, with that particular show, I just. I feel like it could be so much more. And then it's. Um, I don't know. Everything is done a bit last minute. And they don't, they don't let me host as much as I want. I mean, let, let, <laughs> we'll just be real about it. I think that if you just let me host the show, like, bah, yes, um, everybody will have, have a great time. Do they have some criticism about your hosting? I'm sure they have lots of criticisms <laughs> about me. Last time I performed with them, they called me a diva. So. And did you love it? 
No, no, of course not. <laughs> it's just it's frustrating because you get into this job to perform and to make jokes, and then uh, and then I don't know. It rubs people the wrong way certain times. That's one of the differences between improvisers and standups in general. Is that improvisers are like, oh, quit trying to be funny, and it's like that is why I'm on this earth. Is what I do. I every I will be at a funeral and I'll be cracking jokes. I promise you. Uh, yes, I believe you. Uh, no, we don't have improv shows in our club, so yeah. I don't have that problem. Someone was giving me a hard time the other day, one of the improvers, for... Because I, I did my set at the start of Spotlight, which we can maybe talk about as well. Oh, sure. Um, and it went pretty well, but it was a moment where I, like, build up emotion and kind of deliberately look like I'm losing it a little bit. Uh, the whole mom therapist thing? Yeah, exactly. So she, we have one mosquito in the room for anyone that's watching the video. <laughs> They're back. Um, and then, yeah, so she, afterwards she was like, were you really about to cry? I was like, no, like not, not really. I was like sort of working myself up to it type thing. Acting. And she was like, that's what I don't like about stand-up is that it's all fake. I was like, oh, well, wow. hang on. Wow. Improv, you're all acting yeah. all the time. You're not even, at least I'm using like, my real name, you know, at like least. At improv, when you pretend you are in a kitchen and you're acting partner is a dog like I mean, yeah exactly <laughs> so anyway it was nervous though i get i feel very nervous going up on on stage doing improv me, oh, yeah? me too but i think with me uh it's besides the traditional like i like to be alone on the stage therefore i'm in control of what's happening it's mm. also english is my second language so i i, I fear the moment where they throw at me something and i just don't get it and make a fool of myself yeah yeah, yeah. no that is that is bad for me it's a, a la lack of control thing as well like comedy i don't get super nervous about i think you can kind of get nervous about the jokes beforehand and you're like all right well maybe this isn't going to work or maybe this is a little bit risky or whatever but you kind of know the risks that you're taking and you're in control of them whereas improv it's like anyone could throw anything at you yeah and i mean it's, it's really relying on building a relationship and communication between players right yeah so. the, but i have a dog i mean I'm, I'm i'm not the best one at communication mm. you know it's uh... aren't dogs the greatest yes yes do you have a dog too I right do. Yeah. yeah very good uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine is offered to take her Be for, for good for good yeah she's just like well you're so busy man i I don't you think that boo would like it more with somebody who could spend and a hundred percent my dog's life would be better with this woman and so, like, I actually have to kind of consider it a little bit in, like, uh, humanitarian terms, but I think I, I don't think I would survive it. Yeah, I wouldn't survive it either. Like, uh, I, I'm usually home, uh, but when I travel, somebody else is looking up, uh, looking after my dog, and they send me all those pictures of the dog spending so much time in the park and stuff yeah, like right? uh, questioning, <laughs> questioning my parenting. Mm -hmm. It's like being the, when, like, with divorced parents, you know, like, the mom usually has to take care of the kid all the time, and then they go off to the the dad's house one one weekend yeah, yeah, yeah. a month, and so the dad's like, "Yeah, let's party." Yeah. And they're like, "Dad's my favorite." Yeah, I have to tell my dog, "You don't understand." Yeah, I think the dog is what actually ground me more in Prague, and I'm less like. Speaking of which, dogs yeah. are shouting out the podcast on the street. <laughs> I don't know if it's coming through the mic or not. Yeah, uh, I hear it in my um, in my thing. But I was about to say, like, the dog kind of make me more grounded and more open to actually opening a club because the club really anchors you to a place, right? 
Mm-hmm. And a lot, you see like comedians touring life and you're like, ah, this is awesome. The guy just played Paris. The guy just played Stockholm. Yeah. And and you're picking up a poo in a park, you know. Uh, I'm not sure I look at the, the comedian touring lifestyle as particularly glamorous well, anymore. It's, it's, it's not glamorous by any means. Uh, but you see that they're building their career, right? Mm-hmm. And like building a scene is a different from b- building your individual career. You know? Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, so I think the doc makes me feel better about uh, uh, building give, a scene, but giving so much time to Prague. And what happened to Velvet? Uh, well, I still organize shows under that brand that are uh, at Metro. Uh, no, Metro is just a Metro comedy club, and like whatever is not happening in Metro, it's on a Facebook under the brand Velvet Comedy. Uh, I still have my original Tuesday show at Check In Bar, uh, which I established Great name. like in 2000, yeah, 2017, and I have a couple of open mics. So I have like three weekly shows under Velvet Comedy uh, that are happening still, uh, even though uh, I have opened the comedy club. Um, and sometimes when I have a bigger show or something special happening, I do organize it, uh, under the Velvet, um, comedy brand. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's a lot of shows that you're, you're running. You're hosting the shows? Uh, it depends. It depends. Some of the shows I, I personally, uh, host or perform at, or if I have, uh, some comedians I really love over, I, I, I tend to open for them maybe. Um, or sometimes I, I'm just the organizer who looks after the show, mm-hmm. uh, does the tickets, making sure uh, all is prepped and some tickets are sold, you know. Sure. How's your social media? So from what I gathered, uh, you built up a big following for Velvet and yes. now you have to do it all again for Metro? Uh, we were talking, we were discussing it, uh, like how to deal with that. Uh, but the thing is that Velvet is solely mine and uh, Metro Comedy Club uh i have a business partner and it's an actual place uh so we decided to do a new, new social media for the actual place and still use velvet comedy platform to promote shows that are also happening at metro comedy club uh we use the same mailing list that i built up over the time so we had a good starting point, like audiences on Meta, you know, on Facebook and things like that. Uh, so we, I co-promote for sure, but we're building Metro Comedy Club as a place to go because I think um, Velvet Comedy, it's, it is a brand to a certain degree, uh, but I'm not sure to which degree people actually uh, see it as a brand. I think like the shows I have, uh, especially the regular shows are maybe connected to the places they are at or people just go to a comedy show and they don't really see if it's a comedy show organized by me or somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the Metro Comedy Club, it is uh, uh, an actual place. So it has its own brand and logo and website and everything. Sure. How many have you got on your mailing list? Um, I think it's like 1,700 people. It's pretty good. Seems yeah. like a good number. Yeah, yeah. We we like I uh, knock on wood. We doing we we doing all right. Like um, uh, it was stressful. Like we uh, got the place and renovated over the summer. Uh, what? It took why? 
What do you mean? Why renovate? Just start. Get a cooler for the beer, a table for the tickets, and then half yeah. dozen used chairs, boom, ready to go. I'm saying that because that's exactly what we did here, and we fought with like a, a year's worth of criticisms about how things looked and da-da-da. Um, no, well, the thing is that the place didn't look as bad, and, and uh, we thought it wouldn't take that long to actually make it good. And we hired um, our friends' interior designers to, like, pick up the colors and, like, uh, get a... Uh, they, they are very good at sourcing maybe second-hand furniture for a good prices and stuff. So uh, we made that plan, and obviously it took twice as long and cost twice as much uh, as always. But we are happy we did it. Like, it, it looks good, and uh, it looks like a proper place, you know? Nice. Yeah. I don't have any friends that are interior decorators. Do you have friends in general? No, not really. <laughs> no, uh, uh, I, I, it's just coincidence that they are, they are that I know them, and I, I, uh, I have been to a couple of uh, places they did. Yep. And they were very <coughs> uh, generous with pricing and their labor uh, for us. Because uh, they painted uh, part of the club themselves, because um, they are uh, in the main bar. Uh, there is like a, a print on the back wall, and like the top of the uh, top of the blue uh, paint like ends at a certain point with a. I don't know how to describe it. It's just looking good. They made hand painted. Okay. Yeah. So. They give us the labor hours as well, which nice. was very good. That's cool. Be sure to fly on into Prague and go to Metro Comedy Club to see this yeah. paint job. That's one thing I've like begun to value more in interior design and that kind of thing. I kind of like just thought it was a made up profession when we first moved into <laughs> this place. And we even we consulted with a couple of interior designers as well. I feel like we've talked to like a half dozen people about it now. But it's just people that they just show you pictures of s stuff with chairs and things and go like what do you think of this and i can like just find pictures of things and yeah but, but the thing is for me is i am a big fan of architecture and interior design in general oh really and i, I it's just like uh, and, and i love what i love about it's it because it's art itself right it can makes you feel a certain way and uh, it, and uh what my friends were able to achieve for fairly uh, well, very reasonable prices. Uh, they were able to really scout a good furniture, uh, like secondhand furniture and stuff. It wasn't like they just showed me a catalog and. How would you describe the aesthetic there? Because uh, at the club in Nantes, the micro club, hmm. they did that thing where they've got all, all the chairs are different and eclectic and vintage, and there's like a bunch of different rugs and a bunch of old paintings of different kinds. I don't know what exact cluttered is the word that comes to mind, but like, it's an aesthetic that works. No, our one is uh, cleaner than that. Uh, we have uh, one type of chairs, and uh, uh, stools upstairs are from the same brand, which I'm very happy we were able to get secondhand because it's expensive one. It's a Czech brand Ton, uh, T O N, uh, which are those like famous chair with that like bended wood you see oh, in a lot yeah. of mm -hmm. places. Uh, so we were able to get those. Um, we have a dark blue uh, bar, lighter blue uh, lounge area, and this like, like our 
showroom is um, olive green, uh, which sounds crazy if you say it like that, but it really comes together. But the aesthetic of it is uh, way cleaner. There is just a few pictures, like the chairs. Are, it's not. It's definitely not eclectic. It has. It looks a little bit retro, but just a li li little bit. It looks uh, well put together. Like the, the they pick up uh, mustard velvet. Uh, a curtain for wow. for the entrance uh, to the showroom and the, the entrance on a stage mustard colored velvet yeah yeah it's it's, it's a strong it's, choice that just it, that sounds like the 70s yeah after the show I, I can show you some pictures uh, but they really thought of everything like if you go because we have like ground floor bar and then you go downstairs and the ground floor bar, as I said, like it's like uh, blue, and there is like orange chandelier, and the next room it's like glass chandelier, and it's wow. it's like fancy. It's it's, uh, it's just a wood, that, and they like uh, glued stuff to it. You know, it's we didn't buy anything fancy, but when you go downstairs, they actually kept white, and just the the uh, wall where there is the entrance to the showroom has the olive green, and it has the uh, velvet like mm. opening and when and so it's like kind of pops and they really thought of everything so i'm i'm very happy because i wouldn't be able to even as a fan of interior design and even as someone who would like to think that has some level of taste i wouldn't be able to yeah. put it together this way because they showed us like mood boards and like inspired like picture that like inspired them and i was like this all looks amazing, and it still comes together differently. But they 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 have it they in their head. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have been able to do that for sure. Yeah. I think we're kind of developing an aesthetic, right? Vem is for sure. Vem is, but the clouds as well. Now that the clouds yes, are all the, the same work. color, yep. is quite cool. Yeah, and. Big changes coming up uh, next week as well. Yeah, I guess in our defense, the aesthetic has always been to evoke a children's treehouse or clubhouse, and so. We set the bar very, very low for yeah. us early on. We were like, we want the, the feeling of the clubhouse to be as if a child did it. Um, or a child was held there being kidnapped. Or uh, that, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, yeah, I but, do, but that's the basement. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think like like to have a showroom uh, pitch black, it's like a lot of showrooms are like that and it works, you know. Like, mm -hmm. So uh, why not? And as I said, people seem to enjoy it here. Uh, like our way is not the only correct way uh, but there are like there is other uh, reason why we like it to be like well put together because uh, then we, we are able to uh, we hosted like few workshops already and we had uh, our first burlesque show even though it's a tiny club like the place is cute enough we haven't had a burlesque show yeah, but our place is like if if you know it's like cute enough uh, yeah. to to have uh, tits out. Uh, that's uh, we had a guy undress is, during know? his stand up set and it, yeah, it that set us did back not quite a while. Count. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we wouldn't do a ballist show, right? I don't think so. Um, well, it wasn't my priority uh, either. But I if we wouldn't invest in the aesthetic, it wouldn't be happening at all. And I kind of like the uh, you like the variety. tits out. Yeah, you're sure. Like, who doesn't? <laughs> I'm a big supporter. Like, when a woman wants to get her tits out, you should support her, you know? Make a safe space for it. Unless she's breastfeeding, am I right? <laughs> oh, disgusting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we still, still today, cleaning the glitter off the floor. But, uh, yeah. 
So I had I had a, like three things that I wanted to bring up, mm-hmm. and I think the order should be basically it's um, I want to know what you find difficult about difficult about running a club and like what I want to know like particulars what pisses you off things like that, and then uh, I wanted to apologize for the the intro on Friday night, and then we can talk about the spotlight. What happened after. on which Friday night? Uh, when I introduced you at the the bomb shelter. Oh. I butchered your. It was all right. We'll we'll jump to that one first. Then, I, I it was I, the worst introduction potentially I have ever done. Well, to be perfectly honest, I don't remember the introduction at all. Great. Because shortly before that, you did crowd work, and uh, there was a. Oh God! I don't. I don't need to know more things that I did wrong. We can just stay the, focused on the intro. Well, I don't remember the intro being wrong. So if you don't remind me, like it, like it didn't really? happen. Really? She yeah. just wants to trade one thing for another thing. Yeah. I thought I really offended you there. No, um, I, you know, you had a I was, great. I was, I wasn't, I wasn't, I don't remember, uh, I, I, I don't remember what I, um, I think I said something about the pigeons and something else, but because uh, you have pigeon jokes. Yeah. Um, but there was an interaction with a woman in the audience, uh, and uh, she was a, a little bit chubbier, and like you guys had interaction and. Uh, did she I do the 100 like, kilo, kilo joke? Uh, I don't think you did the 100 kilo joke, but uh, uh, you did like what sometimes MC do, like, oh, we established kind of a relationship now, and now I guess it's ended. And she said something uh, in uh, terms of, yeah, well, you, you got uh, to lose more than me or something, you know, kind of slipping back a little bit. Yeah. And uh, you said like, as like for the people on the other side who can't see her, yes. like she's very like slim and pretty looking or something. I was like, yeah. oh, that's a, that's a, that one was a harsh one. No, like, that's to, the kilo to... joke. Oh, okay. So the point of saying that is just to, to make the joke that I don't know what a kilogram is. Uh, anyway, that was the only part that I remember that I was a little bit like, oh, wow. It, it felt a little bit wrong. But Was wow. the girl in front I, 100 kilos? Uh, I don't know. No, remember. she was normal sized. Usually, I I save that that little bit for for very thin women, mm-hmm. but um, just because so that there's no confusion that I actually think I, I was confused. Know. I honestly thought you called her chubby. Yeah, no, it's supposed to turn. It's supposed to sound like that, and everybody goes, "Oh!" And then you reveal that you don't know what a kilogram is, and then they laugh, and then you go, "Yeah, a hundred. You should blow my mind." Or it's uh, I used to think that was a unit of cocaine. So you would blow oh, my mind. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. That, yeah. But it, that's the only That was, I wasn't like upset, upset. But it was the only one I was like, oh, wow. Did it came out like, because like he's th- spoken well, more quickly than I have been he was thinking. I have been on a, like a months long run of offending people left yeah. and right, it feels. Yeah, no. I, I, she I called somebody fine. a Grinch the other day and the, oh, really? did not hear the end of it for about 25 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which I feel like is very Grinch-like behavior, but whatever. <laughs> no. So the third time we're so, brought it up on this podcast now. So, is it really? Uh, yeah. no, no, no. These are the things that so stick in my head. Not only did you not hear the end of it, but yeah, uh, neither have our listeners. But now, yeah. now I'm curious what, how you introduced me that you thought you upset me. Oh, I don't want to tell you now. Okay, don't tell me. It's okay. Let yeah. me just apologize for it and we can, we yeah, can no. move on. I, also, you, I noticed you have a Texas hat on. What's yes, uh, we have a comedian in our scene who's from Texas, and he went home recently, and he brought with him like 20 Texas hats, and now a lot of us in the scene have a Texas hat. Did he say where he got them from? Are they all from like a gas station? Um, I don't know. I hope so. 
That'd be a very Texas thing. No, they 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 look they look uh, they look solid. So they look good, and they are everything like, is made well in America because it's made in China. Uh, sure. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's how how I got my hat. Uh, caffeine's kicking in. Sorry. <laughs> Again with these jokes that I am forced to make. Uh, what was number? So, all right. So, did, you didn't perform on the spotlight, though. I don't think we, so. We thought she was going to. That was what. Yes, that, that's that was what, what it was. So, so another, All right. another little apology on behalf of uh, Hannah Big Becker. Shots. This time. Big shots. Miss Becker fumbled the bag. Um, before she went away as well. We were expecting yeah. some stuff uh, while she was away. Um, but because I don't think you're as proud of this as I am, but I feel like we are complete badasses that we had both of our opening comedians not show for not their own, not their fault or anything, for a mis stupid miscommunication. But we fucking put on a great show regardless. Yeah, we did a good show. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, that is, that's the... I would go as far to say as the one advantage of being two comedians that run this place together is that we can uh, quickly replace missing Step comedians. In, yeah. yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. Also, just to clarify, what happened is that uh, you guys thought I'm booked and I wasn't booked for yeah. the evening. And then yeah, you yeah. almost thought that I didn't show because I was offended. Yeah, exactly. Because of a thing I don't even remember. Yeah, but yeah. I just wasn't booked. Yeah. So the conversation she sent me christina sent me a, a screenshot and it was it was like hannah was like oh you you could do this show if you want but maybe you want to do uh failing in love instead that might be better is what she said about our show what uh, and christina was like fair enough i'll do failing in love instead uh, <laughs> but then hannah Becker. had already put uh christina and confirmed no, which... I, I i told her from get-go uh that i will either do drink drink drunk because when i was booking it uh, Luke wasn't sure if it will be on or not, and uh, Louise booked me for Failing in Love. So when she texted me about the spotlight, I was like, I already have Failing in Love, and she said, oh, that might be better because I'm able to offer only a short spot. Ah. That's what she said. It Did you get a long like... spot at Failing? Yeah. How long? I don't remember, 10 or 15. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, we so would have given would've you been, that. It would have been that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that happened That's with Christina that night, yeah. and it also happened with uh, Ken Grinnell that night as well. Oh, yeah. Had, did he ever show up? I don't know if I ever met the guy. So he, th he knew that he was on, but then he didn't know what time the show started. So uh. he messaged Hannah, and then she responded with, you've been put on to the midnight show. But I, I don't know exactly um. what happened, but that was what had happened the previous oh, that's night. The, that's the guy who was here for a roast battle as well, He was right? the final guy that did the roast uh. battle. Yeah, no, he didn't have a good run in Barcelona. Oh, that no. Guy. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, from what I gather, he very much didn't enjoy his time here. Uh, that's, well. It's not our fault. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say plan all of your shows through Comedy Clubhouse, and we'll, we'll set you right. Uh, I hope Hannah's not listening with her family on this one. <laughs> Hannah, we love you. She'll, she'll, she'll listen eventually. Yeah, she will. Hey, Hannah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, you suck. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's like literally, the, literally the first time it's, it's, it's happened. Um, and, and we're going to tell all 50 listeners about it. Obviously would have happened a million times if, if she hadn't been in charge of things. Yeah. Um, although, I will say, new system, confirmed.show. Uh, two comedians weren't very confirmed for the show, it feels. Oh, yeah? feels like a misnomer in, uh, in this particular do, 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 case. Shots fired! <laughs> we're coming for you, confirmed. I'm testing the system as well, and so far it seems all right. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Hannah, yeah. Hannah's a big, big fan. Yeah. 
Um, what's, how, how long have you been running the, the club for, Metro? Uh, we have uh, rented the place in June and opened in November of last year. Okay, so five months or something like that. Yeah. Um, and what has been for you the most difficult thing? Uh, the sheer amount of energy it takes. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm a little bit, because I'm used to go to shows in the evening and like organize the show as I go. You still so have a day job? No. Uh, I Get was, it. <laughs> I, was, uh, I, I used to work in a film distribution and COVID took it. Because uh, all cinemas were closed, yeah. so I decided to give myself a few months to test if I can live off of comedy, and turns out I can. So that was a blessing. And um, uh, no, I think I think it's the sheer sheer amount of energy and time it takes. Like it really like. Uh, and you said you work the bar yourself. Uh, yes, I do enjoy. Uh, I I do enjoy checking tickets, walking the bar, talking to people. Uh, making cocktails. But uh, you have another bartender, or are you doing? I that? have another bartender yeah. for sure. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, me or Katie are alone behind the bar only with a few shows that don't, don't have that high of an attendance yet. Yes, yeah, see, um, John and I are, I don't know, in the middle of something about this right now, because I, I complained the other day about having to work with a lot, and then the very next night, John worked by himself with the same. Did uh, you see? I beat you by one euro. I no. This is how petty I am. I looked up on the bank records. You you didn't beat me. I did because it was like a hundred and something in cash. Yeah, and you're putting still putting through everything through in in cash for the for the Zeds. Yeah, um, I did not. Yeah, no. Anyway, I'm pretty sure I was accurate or under. Well, I I'm certainly under. Yeah, no, I, I, I uh... <laughs> could have been. Uh, excuse me, Christina. We have to settle this. Okay. Look, you have to understand that I worked. The, and it, it, I put in 476 uh, on the bank, so that means that we put in that much in credit, and there's even more in cap. No, I'm trying to make a joke out of this. It, it could have, uh, thing. yeah, it could have been that you didn't didn't count it, but if you didn't count I didn't it, count then I'm so not much. sure that it counts. You know? Yeah, it's. I think me and Katie, when uh, one of us is working and the other one is doing well, we are like, this is amazing. You know, <laughs> I guess mm -hmm. it's the difference in between when two women are running. You're not competing to see who's. Sold no. more drinks that night? No, we, we no, no, not really. Uh, but the employees, I think, in the long run, will be the hard part uh, because uh, obviously, in the long run, we don't want to be uh, working the bar or Preach. we have to be there uh, every day because uh, uh, you know you would you set up a business, you need to give it the hours, and I assume a couple of years. But you try to set up the systems in a way that you can have employees working there and you can move to the more creative part of the job you love, right? Uh, but That's it, the plan. It, it, it is, it, set up those systems is um, hard, especially when you have a bar, like to have someone trustworthy accepting money and selling, selling stuff and like making sure they are nice to the people, welcoming them the way you want, doing the table service downstairs the way... You want them to will be. Um, uh, it will. It will take time. It will take time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's taken us a while to to have good people around. Yeah, feel good, feel good about sure. the people now. We've had good people almost the whole time. I, I think we've except well, for that Carlos Toca. Sorry. I, no, I, and you know what? That Kyla Cobbler. She doesn't listen to the no, pod. No, so you're right. She was we we have had good time. people. What I'm saying is that I think we've 
developed a vibe where we're working together fairly well now. Yeah, no, I have a we have a we have a boy work, working behind the bar. A um, boy. A boy, yes, uh, Gen Z from America. Uh, yeah. I don't think anyone listens to the podcast in Prague, and he, Yet. like he, he, <laughs> he asked me to work at a comedy club before we even rented the comedy club. Oh yeah, because he arrived to Prague was like, oh my god, you're running a shows. Is there a comedy club I can work at? I'm like, this is so awesome. Somebody really wants to work in a comedy club. It turns out his idea of working in a club is a little bit different than working in a club. Like oh, yeah. uh, he really loves comedy, loves to hang. But it means that um, he drinks and smokes weed on a shift and then forgets stuff. Yep. Yeah. It drives me nuts. He drives me nuts. And I drive him nuts as well because I'm Czech and he's American. So he sometimes finds it difficult to read me and thinks I'm upset with him. And then he's sad. What? It's, that's it's insane. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's, a whole thing. <laughs> but that's an interesting thing that you bring up because we have a lot of people that volunteer to work the bar. And really, they just want to stand behind the bar. Yeah. Right. Like they just want to have that little yeah. cachet. Dude, we have a we have a heart to heart conversation uh, with our employee, uh, uh, like me and him, like to clarify what's needed to be done. And like I t- told him, like the things that needs to improve, like him writing down stuff he actually hands over. So we charge people for it. So he's just not giving out free beers and stuff mm-hmm. um, and things, simple things like that, you know. And he was like, oh, no, yeah, I will make a war, uh, step towards you and I will stop smoke weed when I'm on a shift. And I was like, I didn't know you were smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I might even drink less. I'm like, that's amazing. Uh, I didn't know to which degree you were that's actually great. drinking. Um, and like a few weeks later, uh, I was at the, my business partner wasn't in town and I did a Czech speaking gig somewhere else. And I just uh, like arrived to the club to kind of, close down, you know, yeah. like count the tail and let them go off. And he was so happy and he just like, he got stoned so much. Like I was sitting at the bar, I was looking at him. I was like, did those people pay? And he was like, hmm. And he started thinking about it and in 10 seconds forgotten what I asked him. And then he just left. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. So, uh, kids uh, these days, they don't yeah. know the value of hard work. Yeah. It's really hard to instill, well, I mean, the way we've run this place is we've just kind of been figuring it out as we went along. So sometimes you'll do something one way for, for four months and then you're like, oh, no, actually, we need to add this extra thing and now try and get people to do this extra thing that turns out to have been necessary the whole time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I found yeah. it's always oh, very hard to get, yeah. once people are settled into doing a certain job, to get them to do more or get them to yeah, do yeah, extra. Yeah. Oh, everybody's yeah. fighting to do less. I mean, that's like nature, I think. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's difficult to find someone who would uh, really feel for your business, would try to do their best on the salary that this job actually can <laughs> offer. You know. Yeah. What are you paying your bartender? Or do you want? Do you prefer not to talk numbers? We always forget to ask these people before the uh, show. Well. Uh, uh, I don't know what average salary is here, but I asked a few places what they pay their bartenders, and we just paid the same. Yeah. Yeah. We actually paid a little bit more than what my my bar-owning friends pay, but but we ask a lot. We have to have funny bartenders. Yeah. Well, we, nice... I actually interviewed this, like, uh, professional bartender, like, like 
man who we yeah. considered to hire like to be actually a manager of the bar and I told her the salary and she was like, yeah, it all sounds good and the hours. And because the place isn't as busy, so it's likely she would earn less on tips. Uh, she ran the calculation and she said that if he potentially would work for us, she would ask for like 70 cents more per hour. And me and my business partner were like, this is amazing. Like if if the if the current bartender forgets to write down two beers, we can already afford to have, you know, a real person. Uh, replace yeah, 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 yeah. Them. yeah. Yeah, it's and when you get somebody like that who's also been in the bar business quite a bit, it's it's a comfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a, there is a couple of comedians uh, who are used to hospitality. One yeah. is chef, so working with him, he's working in a kitchen. So you tell him something and he just says yes, boss. It makes me so happy. <laughs> because he just he just doesn't question it. Well, chefs just, are hot asses, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't and think I've heard the words "yes, boss." But but he's just Ever. like because Diana says because it. in a kitchen, like it's just not to me. It's not necessarily that he would see me way above him, but it's just also the way like to let me know like I heard what you said and I'm gonna yeah. do it. You know, yeah, just yeah, confirmation, yeah. right? And there is another one uh, who works for many years in hospitality. Is also a chef. Um, uh, that's the roastmaster. Uh, yeah. He is he is uh, he is currently teaching as well, but he takes few shifts as a chef. He used to work as a chef full time, and uh, those are the people who just get the thing done. You know, you know that if you go to work after after them, like like the fridge is uh, stock up, uh, so it's cooling overnight. Uh, the place place is clean and things like yeah. that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm afraid that we have to wrap up. No. Okay. I have to run off to host the world's greatest improv show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whoa, even better than Watch the Space. That's Unbelievable. not what I Unbelievable. I cannot I believe said. that Matt would say something so horrific here Let, on our podcast. Let me apologize again to, to the Watch the Space community because I said I wasn't going to talk about it and then I did again. Uh, one very thing, sorry. <laughs> if I could have a note on them. Uh, we were charging tickets at the door, and then they were asking for donations as well. We should do one or the other. Yeah, we got to figure that um, out. There's a lot to figure out on that show. It was, uh, I don't know, just a miscommunication thing. but Yeah, totally. Easy fix. Uh, um, Christina, good luck with Metro Club. I'm sure your show you. tonight is going to be a huge hit. Thank you. I hope so, too. And by the time this posts, it will have already been a hit, and it was great, and you guys <laughs> should have come out. Uh, so follow Metro Comedy Club on Instagram. Thank you. Follow Metro Comedy Club CZ on Instagram and Facebook. Hit us up. Add yourself to a mailing list. Um, yeah, when you're in Prague, stop by. It's a good place. And I learned how to make very good dirty martinis. So. Nice. Ooh, cocktails. Nice. Yeah. We don't have a martini. That's interesting. Uh, well, that's because uh, women want to drink their martini. So I, I didn't know it either, but my business partner, uh, when they were talking with another it's friend of mine. It's a pretty simple drink, too. Uh, it it is simple, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you would be surprised how particular people are about their martinis. It's crazy. Not surprised. Uh, but we we have like three or four martinis uh, on the menu. Several martini glass. We have shakers. We have like ice maker. The machine. whole shebang. Yeah, uh, yeah. So much <laughs> yeah. for for keeping yeah. keeping the place simple. You know. Mm. Uh, I tell you one thing. I envy your popcorn machine. Get one. That's highly, highly recommended. Oh, my goodness. I just, we just got a microwave, so we start there. 
but I love the popcorn machine, and I tell you, my dream is to earn enough money soon so I can have slushy machine. I've been, I was yeah. pricing this recently. Uh, it is you do frozen margaritas, or you just want pure slushy? Margaritas. Yeah, frozen yeah. margaritas for the summer could be a great call. Yeah, yeah. Well, for, I'll tell you the, here, the popcorn machine. But Prague gets hot thanks to global warming as well, so... Yeah. Probably what fifteen hundred euro or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so expensive. I don't. It's a lot should of not be that much. It's a lot of money. I, I think, I think the popcorn I machine will pay for itself. I, I, yeah, I think I will like keep an eye for maybe trying to get a second hand or like just like keep an eye for it. I bet they're really cheap in the states. I wonder if I could find one there and bring it back somehow. Uh, well, Katie is going to states uh, for the summer, uh, so I hope. Tell her to look around because every. Every store in the U.S. like well, like Isn't every like gas station, every voltage different or it, you'll you'll get over it. Oh. There's ways to fix that. Uh, I saw okay. a guy on YouTube do like a review of a frozen margarita <laughs> machine, and he's only got like ten thousand subscribers on YouTube. So we have five thousand on Instagram, and would be more than happy to do a review of a free frozen margarita machine if it happened to arrive on our yeah. doorstep. Let's make that happen. Yeah. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Big thanks to Christina for joining oh, us. Good you. luck at the Metro Club and your show tonight. Uh, this has been Constructing the Clubhouse. I've been Dr. Matt. And I've been John Ellis. Peace.